welcome to another episode of ESPN's Ball and the Real World Podcast. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. About to be joined by one of the premier big men in the NBL this season. We are so close now to the NBL playoffs and it is going to be, in my opinion, one of the best playoff series that we've had uh, in recent years. So I'll bring him in in just a second. A reminder, whether it's NBL, whether it's NBA, who, by the way, also about a week away from the playoffs starting there as well, which is going to be equally as ridiculous. Find out all the basketball news over at ESPN.com.au. And of course, I've got to plug the jump. Friday night, uh, 7 p.m. if you're on the East Coast on ESPN. And for the first time in my life, I'm going to tell you guys to check your local guide, but check your local guides for the jump. Uh, you can hear Andrew Gaze, Leonard Copeland, Nat Edwards keeps everyone in line. I pop my head in there as well each and every Friday. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the best basketball show in the business, if you ask me. Uh, make sure you check out The Jump on ESPN. Joining us now, the big man from the Illawarra Hawks and, of course, bronze medalist to what breathe. It's a pleasure to have you uh, with me today, man. And you've got a few days off. What is Gorge have you guys doing? Are you ramping up right now? Is he giving you a couple of days to relax? What What does the week look like? Um, appreciate you for having me. Um, yeah, now the week's been getting, the week's been, the week's been good. We've just been getting after it. Um, just preparing for the next couple of games that are coming up. Um, yeah, we just want to finish the season strong. Yeah, we'll get into your schedule in a little bit. It's been, you've started well, but I think looking at it from about six or seven weeks out, it was looking crazy with basically all the top teams. And if you were going to make the postseason, it was going to be a difficult run. Uh, I mentioned that you do have a week off here, which is a little bit strange uh, in the NBL, particularly with all these games here. What do you do yeah. in your spare time? What do you get up to? Oh, me? On my spare time? Um, not much, really. Um, I'm a homebody. So um, when the weather's good here, I try to go. Like, I'm trying to learn how to play a little bit of golf with one of my teammates. Um, yeah, just like read. Um, yeah, just chill at home, hanging out at home. Who's the golfer on the horse? We actually got a couple of golfers. Um, Tyler plays, Xavier plays, um, and Lucky, Lucky Dent plays. Yeah. Um, so. most, most athletes that you see can kind of transition to golf pretty easily. They're obviously very coordinated. You're a massive man though. How are you, how are you finding the golf so far? Um, yeah, it's not easy. It's pretty difficult. I think that's what I like about it, you know, like the challenge that come with it. It's like learning a new skill. So like you learn something new, it's enjoyable sometimes. So yeah, just the challenge that comes with it. It's pretty hard, especially for a guy my size. But I think I'm improving. And like once you see yourself improving, you kind of want to do more, 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 try to get better at it. That's what they say. You play golf and me, I'm terrible at golf, but I like playing golf. And you hit two good shots and you're like, all right, I'm going to come back. I'll, I'll play again. So it's, I don't know. It's a frustrating sport. Uh, back to basketball though. Uh, I mentioned the schedule and you guys have come off back-to-back wins against United in Melbourne, which has obviously been very rare this season. But even when I look at the games you've got, you've got Brisbane coming up here and then Sydney, a trip to Perth, then Sydney again. So you look like you're in a pretty good spot for the top four. But this run home for you guys has been no joke. When you looked at it originally, you guys know that you've been up and down throughout the season. Uh, how did you approach this block of games, understanding uh, that you were going to have to win a bunch of them? Yeah, um, yeah, we knew that was going to be tough. 
especially in the position that we're in, you know. So I feel like the coaching staff, the players too, we made a great deal of focus on like just trying to focus on one game at a time and just try to take care of business each game. And um, yeah, I'm just happy with how that came out of that little uh, dip that we had during the season. But um, yeah, I think that's what makes the team, you know, just that adversity and how you get out of it. And um, just proud of the team, you know, proud of the guys, proud of everybody that, you know, that we stayed with it. And um, yeah, it's, again, just sticking with that formula, just taking one game at a time and um, not, too, not, look, not looking too far ahead, you know, just, yeah, one game at a time. That's the strategy we're taking. That's- so for someone in my job, Gorge is the best coach in the league because he talks so much. He doesn't hide anything. He's open with everything. And there were several times through the season this year where he was straight up just saying, we're in trouble. We need to figure out, we need to figure this out right now. So he's saying that publicly. What was the the mood within the group? How did you guys feel? Because talent-wise, you guys are as talented as any team in the league, but it did really take you guys a, a long time to figure this out. Yeah, I think um I think it just took us a little bit a little bit longer for us to just kind of get and gel together, you know. But um, but I I don't think anybody in our program or like club had any doubts about what we were capable of doing, you know? So, um, so like in the locker room, most of the guys, we had the right, you know, we had, we were the right um, headspace most of the time. So, um, so we knew that, you know, the outcome of everything will be better at the end of the day. We just got to go through the process, you know? And, um, but like, I think Gorge had a big part of it. And um, I think that's one, that's something that's really good at being able to, you know, um, see what the, atmosphere is like in the locker room and try to make sure that everybody's at the right headspace. And um, he's the leader of our team. And I think that he did a really good job at it. And um, yeah, he got us out of that, um, that tough, tough patch of the season that we were in. And um, yeah. What can you say about Antonius Cleveland? Cause when I look at this team defensively again, uh, yourself and Sam, depending on whether you're on the floor together or, or you are playing separate minutes are kind of the anchor of the defense but Cleveland is just making stuff happen. And I don't know how else to describe it. That's the best way to describe it. He's just making stuff happen, whether it's deflections, whether it's steals. He's generally got the most difficult matchup on the wing. And from the outside, he looks like a vocal leader as well. And he feels like he's been a, a major key to this turnaround. Uh, definitely. Um, he's a very big piece for us defensively and offensively. And um, just his energy is uh, contagious, you know. And you see especially um, me and Sam being at the back of the defense, when you see a guy working that hard at the front, picking the ball up and um, playing with that intensity, it motivates you, you know, as a big to get a little bit low on your stance, to talk to him, to tell him where the screen is coming from. So seeing that definitely like it's contagious throughout the team. And um, yeah, he's a very big piece of it. And um, yeah, definitely um, proud of him. And um, I think it's, it's more to come from him too. Sticking with the defense, any, uh, perimeter defender tells you that their best friend is the big man behind them uh, because if they make a mistake, you guys are there to clean it up. Is the vocal aspect of defense something you've uh, learned along the way? Is it something you enjoy? Is it something you're still trying to progress with? How would you describe yourself as, as the defensive leader? Um, it's, something, it's something that I'm still trying to progress in, you know, because um, I don't think you can ever, you can't ever talk enough. You got to always just, have that voice out there. If you have that voice out there, everybody can kind of 
you know, pick up on that and use that as energy. And just, yeah, so I think that's something that I want to improve on too and just keep developing on. And yeah, and um, if one if one or two guys start talking, the other three is going to have, they ain't got no choice but to to pick up and say something as well. So I think that, um yeah, like Gojo's emphasized to us, like talking is probably the foundation of, of defense, you know, for us. And um, once we do that, we're really, we're a different team when everybody gets to talking. We'll get to some more Boomer stuff uh, a little bit later on. But when I think about the guys you're around and certainly through the start of camp, someone like Aaron Baines, who you got to spend time with, and he is a vocal defender and a guy that has anchored defenses for a long time. Uh, being around that camp, being around that, or maybe it's elsewhere. Is there one big man in particular that you've leaned on um, that, is, that has helped you in that regard or just with the defensive principles in general? Um, I just think throughout my career, you know, uh, all the way from just when I started playing basketball at the domestic level, at under um, under 15, 14, at domestic levels, and um, and the lady that was teaching me how to play um, basketball, that was the first thing that she ever told me. Like as a big man, you have to talk because if we, and um, she used to joke around. She used to joke around saying that you know the guards, if your point guards get hit and you don't call that screen, they're not going to pass the ball to you down yeah. at the other side. So, so that's always been in the back of my head. So I was like, I don't want to, you know. I want to get I want to get past the ball too. So, but um, but yeah. So I think throughout my career, everybody had their parts in it, and um, and I've just been able to be able to pick it up and just see. But everybody's different, you know. Um, some guys, some guys are very very vocal, and um, some guys don't say much. But when they say something, it's heard, you know. But um, but I think as a big, you got to kind of be as vocal as you can. On the other side of the ball, for you guys, um, and this is just my observation as I'm watching you, but it was something that, that Gorge pointed to as well throughout the season. I mentioned how talented you are individually and all you guys, it feels like, can get your own shot and you can get your own bucket if you need to. But at times it just felt like the offense was super sticky. The ball wasn't moving and it was, okay, Dwight, you're going to get your shot now. All right, Tyler Harvey's going to go get his shot now. Did it feel like that for you? And then again, with a bunch of new guys that haven't necessarily played together, how do you work through that? Yeah, um, that's something that we really um, had to work on very hard throughout the season. And um, I think it was important, you know, for if we wanted to make that step as a team. And that was ball movement. And again, Coach Coach has been emphasizing that throughout the whole season. Just we got to get the ball moving, got to get the ball moving. And I think it took us a little bit of a while to really understand what he mean by that. And um, and yeah, I think everybody, all of us play better when the ball's moving and everybody's much happier in the corner when the ball's moving. Everybody gets to touch the ball. And um, get get the ball from one side to another, and um, it makes our offense much easier. Because offensively, I think we got um, great talent, you know. And yeah, so again, I just think it just took us a while to um, kind of get used to that um, of what of what ball movement for us really really was, you know. Um, yeah, because the talent is there. Um, anybody can we can shoot the ball at the first at the first pass the offense. And, um, and we would think that it's a, you know, you feel like, okay, it's a good shot. You know, you felt open, it's a good shot. You make it, you don't make it. And, um, but then after a while, you understand that if the ball goes from one side to the other, moves the defense a little bit more, gives us a better chance for offensive rebounds, gets them out of rotate, you know? So yeah, it took us, it took us a little bit longer. How would you rate your own season? I mean, the first few games were unbelievable and you were dominant and probably what everyone expected when you came to this team. And again, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like you went into a big form slump. But I think just the team in general, it felt like was trying to figure things out. How do you rate 
your own season so far? Um, it's pretty, it was okay. I think I had a pretty decent season. But um, again, I feel like I was coming into a, a, a different role, you know, from what I've been playing professionally over the last three years. So, um, so it had to take, it took some adjustments, you know. And then um, again, this coach just telling me like, how like, yeah, this is a new role. It's gonna take you some time to get used to it. You know, it's gonna be some ups and downs, but you just gotta just stay and learn with it. And I felt like I learned a lot throughout this season because the last three years, I was not a guy that, you know, that played this kind of role here. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I think I had a pretty good season. Like I'm happy with the way everything went, even, you know, through the good and the bad games. I felt like I learned a lot and, I feel like I'm just going to keep getting better throughout the season as well. You just mean when you talk about your role, you mean from a, a sort of a featured offensive point of view where you're getting more shots, you're lent on to to carry the offense in stretches. Um, yeah, you could say you could say it like that, but um, yeah, like just playing in Europe is kind of a different kind of it's kind of different the role that I had in Europe, especially playing last year with the Euroleague team. I kind of just kind of was like a more of a space to flow kind of guy, just mm-hmm. coming in, bring some energy. Whereas here, it's um, you know, it's kind of a bigger role, and um, yeah. So I'm enjoying it. You know, it's, it's been fun, just being able to have that role and um, be able to you know learn from my mistakes, try to help the team win. So yeah. So you're shooting in general, and you talk about being a floor spacer in in Europe. I mean, you can shoot off the catch, but we've seen this year you can throw the ball down to you in the block. You've got the turnaround. Uh, you've got yeah. a, a pretty expansive package, and you always shot a decent percentage even going back to college but on relatively low volume where did the jump shot come from have you, you've always had nice touch with the jump shot uh, why was that a shot that you're working on i know it's the modern game and everyone shoots the ball um but it's a pretty unique skill set yeah um yeah i think i've had it since since i was young even my brother um my younger brother he can shoot too we always just joke around have like how some people can't shoot the ball and we just always <laughs> been able to shoot the ball. And um, but at a very young age. And again, it comes down to the lady that taught me how to play basketball. Um, she always just, yeah, shooting was a, we used to just sit down and do basket and just do um, foam shooting at a young age. So it's always been around. I just knew the importance of it. You need it. You need not shoot a basketball to be able to play basketball. So, yeah. So I, I and I've heard you talk about it before. I've read stuff before. Um, you know, soccer was something you were super interested at a young age. Yeah. Uh, when did you actually decide that you loved playing basketball? And did you love basketball or were you just someone that was naturally pretty good at it? Um, like probably maybe 10th or 11th grade. That's when I kind of felt like, yeah, I love basketball now. But other than that, when I was playing throughout like high school, it was just like something that, you know, I was told my friends played. <laughs> and um yeah so it was fun to play it because i was much bigger than some of the other kids so it just was easy to score the ball and easy to play defense on them but then yeah so maybe like on the 10th 10th grade when i was like 15 16 that's when i kind of like 10th 11th grade that's when i kind of felt like yeah this is something that i actually enjoy doing you know i enjoy i kind of i found love like with the process of like getting better again like it applies to like golf like once you see like, like a little bit of results like you see, like your jump shots getting better. You're making shots now. Like you just want to get, you just want to keep practicing and keep practicing it and keep getting better. That's when I kind of fell in love with that. Just like that process and like you have to, you know, go in the weight room. You have to get stronger. You have to do conditioning. Yeah. So probably like around tenth grade. So was there a point when you real? We uh, were you always 
one of the taller kids? Was there a point where you really took off? Um, I think, I think like around the end of year eight, when I was in year nine, like starting year nine, that's when I kind of like had like a really big growth spurt. That's when I just took off, and um, and soccer was out the window after that. <laughs> you would have been a massive soccer player. That's uh, let's say that. Uh, yeah. Lee Lee College. Where did this come about? Because I was trying to do some googling about Lee College, and we can get to LSU a, a little bit later on. But how did mm-hmm. that opportunity come about? So Lee College happened from um, when I was playing. I got recruited there when I was playing the um, assessment East tournament. So um, so like back in 2013, they used to have like this like assessment East tournament twice a year in July and um, December. And it was like a really big tournament for like you know assessment and these kids to like go play in either like Melbourne or Sydney or Canberra. Like all the kids from interstate East come play together. And um yeah so. Uh, Marcus King, he was an assistant coach at Lee College, and he came and saw me play in that July tournament. And, um, and like, he basically just told me, um, you know, you, do you want to come to America and be able to <laughs> still go to school and be able to play basketball? And, like, in the back of my mind, I was just like, yeah, it'd be cool. But then deep down, I was not really interested in it, you know? Um, I didn't really think about going to America. America was something that was, like, foreign to me. And then, um, and then I think it was like August, it's like August 2014. And then um, he was just telling me, then he sent me an email, like, are you still interested in coming? <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool, I'm, I'll come. And then we sent the, um, my high school transcripts and um, my sent my visas. And then, yeah, that's when it started. Pretty simple with that. Yeah, I just found it really fascinating how you ended up there. And obviously you had two seasons there. Uh, at what point, in that experience, did you start to think that basketball, I mean, you're over there, you're still going to school, but at what point did you say, okay, this could be a long-term career. This could be my life. At what point? Um, probably my senior year, my junior senior year at LSU, when I got to LSU, because the junior college was pretty tough, you know, um, like, like the coaches there, especially Marcus, the assistant coach, like to today, we're very close, you know. Um, he pushed me a lot, you know. Um, and it was just the challenges that being away from home um, and like the the work that you have to put in to be to be a good player, it's, it's a lot, you know. And he made me understand that, you know. So and so just like and I felt like I wasn't that good at that point, you know. I felt like um, I felt like to be to be like a professional basketball player was something like. You know, it'll be a dream come true. Like my main objective to go to America first was kind of get that free education, you know, mm-hmm. to get my degree and like just find a job afterwards and basketball happens, it happens. But like once I got to like LSU and um, I think I felt like I had, a, you know, a pretty good chance going against like some of the guys in the SEC. Like I got a chance to be able to make, you know, a living out of this. And um, and I and I kind of loved it, you know, I, I loved the, everything that came with it, like the process and um, and the work that it teaches you. Um, yeah, so I think like once I got to like my junior senior year of college, so when I felt like yeah, I had a pretty decent chance to be able to play professionally. What did you study? What were you thinking you were going to do? Uh, I wanted to do some wanted to do something in the health field. You know, um, it's always been like some like a dream of mine to be able to like work in the health field. 
and um and be able to you know just help people in any way possible so i don't know if you remember this but you played summer league with dallas and i was over there and i remember seeing you play a little bit and i remember seeing you a little bit there uh that summer league experience at that point you're not sure what's absolutely coming next for you how do you look back on that experience because summer league is a wild time yeah um yeah that was a yeah that was a, that was a long time ago but it was good it was a good experience <laughs> you know um just to be around those nba guys you know used to be able to pick some pick up their brains just be able to just learn just learn from them see how they do things from day to day basis and um be able to be around that nba facility and um organization you know to be able to just learn from them i think that's like a very that's part of the biggest part of it is that experience that i gained from that you know i think it helped my career a lot and to be able to know that i can compete with some of these guys and play against them why uh did you how strong was the the opportunity to potentially come back to australia after that and why ultimately did you head overseas because that is a, a path that there's certainly a lot of australians that have had success out there but you kind of are off the radar and you would absolutely have learned that in terms of Australian basketball, it's, it's very hard for Australian fans to track what's going on out there. Um, so like out of college, I, like I thought that, um, so I had the option either between the G League route or like Europe, Europe, Australia, but then um, just talking to the people in my circle, we felt that, um, you know, taking that Europe route would kind of be more beneficial for my career down the long run, you know? So I went, especially playing Serbia, you know, which is a very tough, very tough, like basketball country. And they love the basketball and they push you um, to your limits. And um, I think I needed that. And um, cause I was still, you know, kind of still new to basketball and I still needed more development. And um, yeah, and I, I think that that was my best chance to kind of like, to keep progressing, you know? Cause that was kind of like a young team, you know? It wasn't really a, a very big team, the team that I started in, in, um, in Europe. and. Um, and I felt like every year, yeah, when I was over there, I just progressing, progressing, and that was really my main objective, just to kind of get better each year as a player. Did I read that you learnt the language pretty well? No, I mean not not pretty well, but I understand most of it a little bit. Of it. Like being there for three years, you don't really like, especially on the basketball terms of it, you don't really, you know, have a choice but to pick some words up. You know, some of the bad words, some of the good words. Yeah. So that, but this is the most interesting thing because we see guys that come out here this year, and Joe Chi uh, is is one that's come out here, and and you talk to the guys from Southeast Melbourne, and they talk about the language barrier, and it's not just getting around and living life, but if you are playing as a center on a team and defensively, you're expected to talk and you're expected to direct players on the floor. So how challenging was that, or is it, or is it actually easier to pick up some basketball terms and you kind of figure out what's going on? Um, no, surprisingly, it wasn't like the language barrier on the basketball court. It's very easy, you know, because, um, mm-hmm. it's pretty universal. Most of the guys that play basketball understand the, the basketball terms, you know, and, um, but like the language barrier over there playing like in a different country, probably be like going to a store, like a restaurant yeah. and you go to a waiter and the menu might be in like Serbian and the waiter might not understand English as well. So um, this one, you got to just get your Google translator out and just try to <laughs> figure it out. But then, um, you know, they can still mess your order up, but you just got to just deal with it sometimes. <laughs> uh, so let's get to the boomer stuff. So you come to camp, uh, started in, in the US. 
And I've spoke to mm-hmm. Gorge and he said, look, we didn't really know. I mean, obviously he was very aware of what you've done and what you've been playing and what you can do on the floor, but he mm-hmm. didn't really know whether he had great expectations, whether you were going to make the team. What were your expectations when you get called to that squad, to um, that camp? Yeah, you know, um, you know, it was, I, was, I was pretty excited just to be able to be on the list, you know, to make the roster. And I was a pretty big privilege. But um, by the end of the day, um, I just want to go out there and just compete, you know. And I think that's what they saw for me. I just want to just go compete, play hard, just, you know, play, just play like a role out there and just try to see what happens after that. But, um, but yeah, I just went in there with an open mind, just try to go compete and just try to, you know, just be a basketball player and just do what anybody in my position, anybody in my situation would have did. Just go out there and just try to play the best you can. And if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't, you know. But um, I was just really happy and, um, you know, grateful to be to have been selected. Did you enter that camp and the timing of you signing with Illawarra, it was, it was around July. It was pre-Olympics, I believe. Did you enter yeah. that camp or, or that, that off-season, let's say, knowing that you were coming back to Australia? What was your plans? Um, no, I didn't go in there. No, I was going to come back to Australia, but I was a free agent. But... Um, but then, yeah, Australia has always been in the back of my mind to be able to just go back home. But then um, being able to, like, obviously see how the league's been. I've been following the league for since I was in college. And then um, seeing how it's been, like, progressing every year, seeing how guys been playing well in it, and um, seeing how, like, it's, it's a strong league, you know. Um, it's very, very competitive. And just seeing that, and I felt like it was almost perfect timing for me to, to get to try to get try to get back into the NBA and to, Try to, you know, try to see what I can do there as a player. And um, still, I just want to come here and be able to, you know, keep improving as a, as a basketball player. You know, be able to um, go through all the challenges that come with, with playing in this league. And um, and obviously meeting Gorge at the Olympics was, you know, was great too. Be able to see what kind of person he is and the coach that he was. Um, yeah. So I think, and talking to some of the players too like talking to the guys that played in the NBA and the things that were telling me about the league was pretty big too, you know? And um, yeah, they said nothing but great things about it and it's pretty much a no-brainer. The I'm, time glad you, just- I'm glad you mentioned Gorge because that's what I wanted to get to here. How many practice sessions did it take before Gorge was like, come on, Dwarf, let, let's sign on the line. Let's get you playing under me in Illawarra. Yeah, nah, sure, it took a while. <laughs> a while, yeah. Okay, so uh, and you've spoken about the medal and and being able to be there for there uh, for that moment and how historic it was for you. Mm. You project ahead. You're part of this team now. You're part of this squad. You're, uh, do you uh, look ahead at all? The Olympics are going to come around super quick. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I don't think you can really look ahead too much. But like, it'll be it'll be amazing to make the team again. But it's just too, it's too unpredictable, you know? Life is too unpredictable. Basketball is too unpredictable. And I don't, I'm not really the type of person to look too far ahead, you know? Because even with the, the last Olympics, I didn't, you know, I never looked that far ahead. I was just kind of just staying in the moment, just really wore where my feet is at. And just try to figure it out from there, yeah. Well, you probably won't want to answer this then, but I have to ask it. So what's uh, going to happen this summer for you this off season this u.s summer i should say because uh you are a free agent again i believe yeah yeah um again i have no idea at the moment <laughs> um yeah just really just focusing on brisbane this week and see what happens after that game 
than on Sydney, further than Sydney. Yeah. Have you found the Sydney rivalry? You're going to play them two more times before the postseason. I think we all hope that you get them again in the postseason because everyone wants to see this matchup. Uh, a little bit spicy earlier in the season. Uh, do you feel that? I mean, a lot of you guys know each other. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, pretty cool with Xavier. But um, but other than that, it's just basketball at the end of the day. Um, just you know, just want to go out there and compete, and um, and all that hype that comes with it. I think that's what sports is all about, anyway. So, yeah, all the players understand. Um, you just want to go out there and just compete, and um, yeah, just want to win. They want to win. We want to win, and. Yeah, that's pretty much about it. Well, I love it, mate. I appreciate your time today. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. It's always good to catch up with you, and it's yeah, been man. fun. It's been fun having you back down there. It really has. Yeah, and no, I appreciate you, man.